Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Hello and welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I don't know where you're going to be listening from, when you're going to be listening, but this is Dr. Lulu here again with a brand new episode of Suicide Pages and a brand new guest. And I know you guys can't see her, but this is like the most beautiful woman I've seen today. She's got a gorgeous, gorgeous goddess braids on, and she just looks so exotic. And I've just been checking her out. I'm like, sister, you look so fine. And this is good because when it when we're talking about suicide and suffering and trauma and overwhelm and despair and anguish, it knows nobody's face. Now it can it can attack anyone literally. Anyone can suffer from it. Anyone can help you with it. And so today we have a licensed marriage and I want to say social worker person in the building. She's going to take it from me and give the formal, you know, intro and who she is and what she's about. But we're going to talk about suicide. A very serious topic is September, the Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. We're talking about it, y'all. So welcome. Take a seat. Grab your Coke your popcorn, call a friend, share your screen, and let's do this. So good morning, Miss Melissa White. What's up? Thank you so much for joining the family. Talk to me, sis. What's going on? How are you? Oh, good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Dr. Lulu, for this opportunity. I am most grateful and humbled to actually be on this podcast um, to share my experience. Um, I am a clinician in the field in the state of Florida. I've been in the field for over 10 years. Um, just doing family consultant, um, social worker, case manager, and now I am a clinician um, working towards license, licensure. Um, so pretty much I am a mother of four. Um, I am married, have two doggies, um, and I relocated to Florida from the South Bronx, New York. So um, I was pretty much born in poverty. My mom was a single mother to six children. Um, my dad was not around. None of the fathers were really around for any of my siblings. Um, had a pretty rough um, upbringing. If you know about South Bronx, especially back in the 70s and the 80s, it definitely has changed from then. But um, it was just surrounded with the crack epidemic, um, bandit buildings, 
um, most most women were single women. Um, they could while receiving public assistance. My mother was one of those women. Um, she was also a very angry woman. And I'm sorry, mom, because I'm pretty sure you're going to hear this podcast because I really want to share this with you. Um, but she was a very angry woman. Um, and it could have been due to her just being a single mom and trying her best to raise six children, four of which were very, you know, strong boys. So growing up in the South Bronx, um, definitely had a sense of community. Um, everyone pretty much knew each other, um, was raised with one another, which was great. It was awesome. But with that same community, you have secrets, secrets in those communities that no one talks about. Um, no one, especially a child, um, is able to share, is able to uh, discuss some of the things that they were experiencing. And I was one of those children. Growing up, we were taught we were to be seen and not heard. Um, if we spoke out of turn, it was a whooping. Like the Bureau of Child Welfare was always in my house. Every week, somebody was calling on my mom because she really was um, very abusive. Again, sorry, mom, I got to put it out there. <laughs> um, you know, but it's, it, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good home, a good, safe environment, which is super important when we talk about suicide. And I've worked with children um, who have done attempts, many attempts of suicide. You know, I always hear very similar stories, how they weren't heard in their home, how they weren't allowed to be heard. They weren't allowed to share you know, when they felt alone or sad, maybe because they broke up with a boyfriend or girlfriend because the parents think it's stupid. Like you have your whole life. Why are you worrying about that, right? We kind of dismiss their feelings, their emotions. You know, um, growing up in today's times, now they have social media. So I hear a lot of similarities and stories um, where parents just... They, de they deny the child the opportunity to share with them and bond with them in such a sacred way. I mean, there's nothing more sacred than having your child come to you for comfort, you know, for some love, for some nurturing, because they're they feeling some kind of way, they're feeling lost, or they're feeling sad. Um, I did not have that growing up. Um, I was abused by my brother time and time again. Um, so I had a lot of anger issues growing up. Um, I was a teen mom, you know, I've been in trouble with the law plenty of times, you know, things that I look back at now and I'm like, wow, oh my gosh, like this was me just screaming for help in every aspect and no one came, you know, um, there was one, I used to go to a private school, um, that my aunt used to pay for me and, um, it was a little white old lady. And again, I'm from the South Bronx and, um, white people just did not really exist in the South Bronx. So the only time we saw white people was in the school um, environment. And she was my psychiatrist in school, something my mom did not know I had. And it was mainly because of my anger issues. Um, I happened to walk in on a friend who was about to cut her wrist in the girl's bathroom. And we used to call her giggles because she was always giggly and laughing and just this huge bubbly personality. And here she is in the bathroom about to cut her wrist. And I walk in and I'm like, what's going on? Super surprised. And she shares 
that she's been sexually abused by her grandfather. Now, prior to this, I have never shared my experience with anyone, not even my psychiatrist. So prior to this, no one ever knew I was being sexually abused by my brother. And at that moment, the only thing that I can do to stop her was to share my experience with her, was to say, hey, I know what you're feeling. So we went to the psychiatrist and I told them what happened in that bathroom. So not only was she able to get help, but at that moment I shared my experience with the psychiatrist, which she wasn't shocked. Cause she was like, your anger, you, she's like, you're such a loving person, but that anger, that anger has to come from somewhere. So I'm glad that you was able to share it. And maybe that was God's way of telling me, talk about what was going on. Because the way it just happened, you know, and um, the psychiatrist is asking for a conference. And of course, my mom thinks the worst that I'm pregnant. That's the worst that can possibly happen to me. And she grabs her bell and she's like, I want you to tell me what I need to go to school for. And I'm like, mom, I don't know. Maybe she just wants to tell you that I'm being mean. I don't know. I talk too much. And it got to the point where she threatened to beat me so bad that I just broke down and told her. And at that moment, when I told her, I realized nothing was going to change. Nothing. Nothing I said, nothing I did, didn't matter to my mom. I don't know if it was she was just so consumed with her own issues. Because now as a clinician, I see some things that my mom was also experiencing it. And she couldn't be that parent for me at that time. But nothing did change. Nothing changed. She asked my brother, of course he denied it. And I would try to avoid him at all costs. If she went to church, I would sleep under my bed so he would think I was at church with her. And I did this until the age of 14 and a half, about to be 15. And it was a couple of years before anything had happened and he did it again. And from that point on, I always thought maybe it was a bad dream. Maybe it was my vivid imagination. But when he said, remember, and I felt the audacity of him, remember what I used to do. And I felt this, this feeling of powerless, no matter how much anger I had in me, no matter how many fights I had been through, I felt weak in that moment. And I froze. But something told me, get up. Something pushed me up, but I walked down to the third floor. And at this moment, I knocked on my friend's door. And I say, I love you, but I can't live no more. I can't do this. And he comes out, he's like, what's going on with you? What you talking about? You're talking crazy. Oh. I'm like, I can't. You don't understand what I go through. Because oh. everyone always saw me as this strong person. I know. Aggression. They, they confused aggression for strength, and it wasn't. And I told him, I broke down and I told him, I'm done. And I told him why, and he was in shock, he was in awe. So my mom knew nothing changed. So I went, got me some volumes, took me some volumes, I smoked some marijuana, and I don't remember how I got home, I don't remember what happened. Um, I was told by my grandmother, who was visiting, 
that my mom beats me bloody because I passed out eating dinner. So my mom, again, and this is why I do what I do. I work mainly with parents, but I, I do it because sometimes we have all the signs right in front of us. Oh my God, wait, I have to stop. I mean, this is so much to unpack. I never want to interrupt your story, but I need you to take a break. I need you to take a break. And I do have the power to do that because <laughs> I can't believe what I'm hearing. On Saturday, I gave my TEDx talk and I cried. I cried because I said, you, my parents, you parent watching me, you might also be a trigger. And if you go back to the group that we are in together, is it the, the black clinicians or is it the black mental health? Clinicians of color. You will see my post today says, are you a, I said, what role do you play in your child's suicide? It is my question of the day today. I swear to God, it's on there today. You go on for my name. We're going to yeah. talk about that tonight for my suicide prevention tips for the, for the month of September. I wrote, I say, what role do you play? in your child's suicide. That's what I wrote. Because people, when the child kills themselves, they start looking for who to look for outside. No, the triggers are usually within a 100 square foot of where the child is standing. That's on my TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. And then last week I said, what is the number one reason kids kill themselves? All the adults were like, depression, full bullshit. I wrote, I said, betrayal, not depression, it's betrayal. From those who are supposed to, who they're supposed to be, who's supposed to take care of them. Betrayal from their parents, from their cousins, from their pastor, from the priest, from their teachers, from their friends. Betrayal. That's why kids kill themselves. I don't know about adults. I am so pissed. You poor dear. I'm so pissed. You know. It's, oh my God, this is exactly what I was talking about. I knew it. Oh my God. Oh my God. How are you doing? Jesus Christ. I can't believe it. I knew I was right. And I'm the only person that I know that quit her job to do this, to figure out why kids kill themselves. Children do not want to kill themselves. They don't. You're not being heard. They're not being seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything was there. Everything. Even to the fact of me passing out in the, in the dinner. My face, my face planted in the dinner plate. Not once did she say, let me call medical. Let me. No, she beat me. And she beat you on top of it. This is and, nonsense. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And, and you know what? For every one story that I'm able to feature on my podcast, there's three million stories out there that I can't get to. That's why I'm so thankful that you want to share your, maybe, maybe somebody somewhere will hear this story today and do the right thing and be the one, be the one for the kids around them. Because a child was born happy and playful not sad and depressed and wanting to kill themselves. Something happened to that child. And that is what I want people to hear. I'm so thankful. I wish you could join me on my Facebook Live this evening. It's just five or 10 minutes only. That's all I do. Just, it's a tip. But thank you because I'm going to need, I'm going to channel you 
today, this evening. Oh my God, I'm so sorry for what you went through. I'm so sorry. And and I think, and it's it's something that for for a lot of years I didn't I did a lot of self healing. I I didn't have a therapist. I didn't know how to even get a therapist or anything like that. Um, but what I did know was that as a parent me being a parent and I was a teenage mom I knew that I wanted to be different I knew that I wanted to make sure that my children felt comfortable enough to tell me if they were having a bad day I wanted them to be comfortable enough to tell me mom you made me feel bad today when you did x y and z and that is a testament to who you are because you didn't learn that from your mother which is crazy yeah. because people say oh you learn from me but no sometimes you just self-teach you just know i know that this is wrong i'm a nigerian everything you said to me today to us today is exactly the way nigerian parents raise kids shut up be quiet don't say anything i'll beat the hell out of you i'll beat the i'll beat the you're supposed to love your child i'll beat beat beat, beat what and then you take out all of the your, your frustrations on your child which is what i mean by betrayal is the reason kids kill themselves betrayal and then you can add everything you wanted to in the in the ingredient of the soup called betrayal but it's ultimately betrayal because you were supposed to be the one person that's supposed to look up to you for everything and then you hit me and then you beat me and then you accuse me and then you didn't help me and you didn't you know all of those things you know what for me it doesn't matter anymore i don't want to live i don't want to be here my life doesn't matter anyway so i might as well just die nobody's going to miss me that is what happens that's why kids kill themselves but you know what they do in america oh here take some adhd medicine take some antidepressant for what the toxic environment is not what you treat with medication. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. <sighs> this is Girl, something. I figured that out when my seven-year-old patient attempted suicide. He was seven. seven. That day he was triggered by an uncle. He was triggered by an uncle who talked junk about his father. The boy went up to the room and, and pulled the computer cord. Seven years old. You don't do that to a seven-year-old. And then when he kills himself, oh, 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 sending thoughts and prayers. Really? What is your role in your child's suicide? Thank God for you. Thank um, you. It's, oh, God. It's, it's definitely, um, it's been a journey, but it's, it's, it's like I said, it's made me um, a lot stronger than what mm -hmm. I am. Um, you know, there's still a, a journey I'm still taking, obviously. Um, but I am grateful every day that I am here because everyone who knows me from the South Bronx, so it's so funny. So everyone who knows me, who knows my story, and not so much the abuse, but just know um, the, the the little girl I was then, the teenager, and they see me now, and they like, oh my gosh, they like, wow, you know, you you've just like amazing the things that you're doing, and it's. Because I saw firsthand in my community, like I said, it was great we had community, but there were so many secrets. And I learned as I became a teenager that it wasn't just my household. It was almost every household. And that's why we all stuck together. Cause we Which is, which is crazy that yeah, you stuck together in your trauma, but right. I wish you stuck together in joy instead. Absolutely. You know? 
you know, why children should be traumatized. And that's what I said in my TEDx talk. I said one word, trauma. That's it. Yeah. In the form of child abuse and domestic violence and bullying and racism and police brutality and toxic relationships, you can go on and on and on, but it still comes down to trauma. Absolutely. You know, and, and as parents, we have a huge role. We have, we're supposed to be our, the children's protector. We're supposed hmm. to um, build their self-esteem up. We're supposed to validate them. Hmm. We're comfort dumb, not the other way around. I'm so glad you said the word valid. In my second, validate, in my second book, I actually have a word. Let me see in my video. Okay. I actually have a word in this book called A Teen's Life. I actually have a word called valley freaking dation is what I say. That's what's missing. Valley freaking dation. Being able to validate a child. That's what's missing. Yes. Wow. Yes. You could have written this book. You could just, I'm like, I feel like you're me and I'm you because we definitely, you get it. You get it. You get it. You get it. Um, I would like to share more. Um, oh, no, go with, ahead. You yeah. know, no, no, oh, no, no, not, not in the podcast, but like um, with a book um, to help others. Um, mainly. Oh, parents. that's wonderful because I just happen to be a book writing coach. So we'll talk about that offline. Okay. <laughs> Only because. You know, a lot of times, too, I have parents who bring in their children and they want their children fixed. And I put quotes with the fixed, right? Um, and I have to tell them, your children are not broken. I say, however, tell me about your home life. You know, what environment are they in? Because I can do all these things with your children. What if you and dad are still fighting? If you and dad are drinking every day and not giving them attention and not spending time with them, we just spinning webs we're spinning webs so as parents we have to fix ourselves too sometimes we have to change we have to take notice what are we lacking so that our children can move forward and be successful <laughs> you know what <laughs> dr lulu in this in this point. book in this book every single point i make is called how to raise well-rounded children Every single of the 16 points I make, each one starts with, you need to do this. You must lead by example. You must be the change. You must be the one that your kids are looking up to. You can't just tell a child randomly to just be good when you are bad. And I use those words loosely. It really should be worse, you know? But yeah, I'm just like, no, no, no. Don't tell me to fix your kid because the toxic environment is what needs to be fixed. The child will be happy-go-lucky like they were when they were 18 months old before they yes. got betrayed and disappointed and everything else that comes with, with that. Wow. So how are you doing these days? How are you doing these days? I am well. I am great. I've actually, um, you know, um, I work also with the dependency system with parents who are abusive to their children. Um, so I, I share a lot with them so they can understand that um, it really does take a toll on their children, even if their child is one years old. Um, so I get them, I work with them for two years, up to two years, four hours, five hours a week if we need to, um, to really, I coach them um, to make behavior changes um, because it's important. 
it's important. And, and, and I learned that it's a lot of generational cycles that are being repeated. And so I'm like, we need to interrupt this like today. We have to. And especially as brown people. I do this more, and again, um, not, not that I want to say <laughs> white people don't matter, but in our brown communities, you know, we don't really have strong influence in low-income neighborhoods that's going to say, okay, this is not right. This is not how you raise your children. You know, this is affecting your child. So that's something that I am passionate about um, because I come from that community. My friends come from that community. Amen. And so my thing is, I want us to, to rise up. I want us to rise up. I want us to, to have family portraits and not fake the smile. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You can say that again. And I love what you said about generational trauma, which is basically epigenetics which people call mm -hmm. generational curses. I don't want to call it a curse because it's, it's, it should be a blessing. A, a child should be receiving generational blessings, all right. the good that comes down. Rather, it's all the bad that comes down. And without necessarily, for you know, I don't want to even know if that's what I want, without condoning the, your mother's treatment of you, she probably right. also never had time to, you know, analyze her own trauma, you know, but that doesn't change the fact that you don't have a child and then the child didn't ask to be born. Absolutely. The child didn't, the child had nothing to do with being here. So whatever trauma you have endured, your child did not ask you to endure it. They didn't have any, any say in it. It's not their place for you to now put it on them because they didn't ask for it. Sure. And, and after I got divorced with my ex-husband, I had to quickly realize that my kids are not asked to be, to be in the family. They didn't make us get divorced. Kids already take that trauma upon themselves already. They, already they think it's their fault. So your, your, your place is not to now add to that, you know, what they're going to, you know, oh, my goodness, this is, oh, God. Mm. Mm. I can't, I can't. So after that first attempt, did anything change? One, and then two, did you ever attempt again? Because you're what about 15 or 16 at this point so we've got a whole another yeah. how many years to go and of course the teen pregnancy is one of the things i discuss in my second book called a teen's life one of the girls there who just happens to be an african-american actually she you know she got pregnant you know for something similar to this just looking for validation and love and wanting to be seen and fell for the wrong person and the rest is history so is that, was that kind of how your story worked pretty, out? Or? Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I moved out my house by the age of 17. I was already out of New York and I moved to Pennsylvania hmm. um, and took on a whole different other abuse. <laughs> hmm. So, you know, sometimes you trade in one for the other. Yes. Um, but it was more so to, I knew that while I was with this person, um, my brother would not touch me again. Yes. Not only did he sexually abuse me, but physically. So I have a scar on my hair. I lost my eyesight for two weeks um, because he got into a fight with his girlfriend and he took it out on me. Your brother? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Well, you know, how is he right now? How is, just take, just I, take two seconds to tell us how is he? How is I, he? I don't know. Um, he's not part of my life. 
Um, he is a registered sex offender, by the way, because of another case. Well, there you go. You know, <laughs> you can't run, but you can't hide from, from all Absolutely. the bad things you've done. It's um, funny you said, because my fourth book is called What If My Child Is a Bully? And in that book, I discussed the fact that bullies have a high rate of suicide and incarceration and, mm -hmm. you know, just all of these things alcoholism, mm -hmm. you know, toxic masculinity, if the bully is a male, all of those things are very common in, in bullies. And I don't, I, I never, I never insult the phrase mental illness. No, because it's not an illness. At that point, you're, is a mental health disorder as opposed to an illness that can be fixed with medication. No, you, you're, it's not, it's not even, it's just a sociopath. I don't even know if that's, uh, you know, like, I feel like putting it in mental illness is, is almost a disservice to the people who really are mentally ill because they have, I don't know, schizophrenia or bipolar disorder that they didn't have any say in. This is something that you knew what you were doing the whole time. So don't tell me you're mentally ill as in take some medication for this, you know? So it's kind of weird. I don't think they even have any, you know, I don't think the DSM is fair in, in classifying those things yet. But wow, I'm not surprised. I would, like to see is I would like to see some research on, um, and maybe this is something I will have in my future, but um, when someone gets to this point, what was it like before? Were there signs of maybe a disorder or an illness that just was never addressed? Or oh, were they themselves abused? I mean, that's, the, that's one of the people that become abusers are formal, you know, what they call bully victims. They yeah. become bullies. And so it becomes a cycle. My brother used to beat on my mom as well. So there had to be something there that was not addressed. Yes. Point, something. Well, first of all, you said his father was not there, right? Yeah. You said not, yeah. So there's anger right there. And mm -hmm. it can manifest in any which way. And maybe that's all he knew. That's what he thought was right. You know, that maybe, you know what I mean? Like, who knows what was going on in his mind? He himself probably needed help. But, you know, but talking about, and I know people say hurt people hurt people, but the truth is hurt people who don't get heard hurt other people. Absolutely. And so he needed his own cycle to be broken. But of course, the, talk, the podcast is not about him. So right. <laughs> it's about you, my yeah, sister and, and, and girl, and, and just how, just how well you've done and, how you've come around. This is amazing. So the last few minutes, can you tell the listeners how, you know, where they can find you if you have any, any final tips or something like that? Well, but where um, they can find you first. Okay. So I practice in Central Florida in Orlando. Right now, of course, we're doing teletherapy. You can find me on Tu Vida Life Coaching and Therapy. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, those same names. Tu Vida, which is um, your life. Your life. Mm -hmm. Spanish. Um, so I have a combination since I do speak Spanish as well. See. Si. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so you can definitely find me there. Um, and then as far as the tip, listen, if you are contemplating taking your life, um, just, just know that there are so many clinicians out there, many, many, many go to black, um, therapy for black girls, go on psychology today, therapy, then therapy. Um, you could pretty much find a clinician anywhere in your town, in your city, reach out to someone. 
process what's going on with you because mm. you have a purpose. There's a purpose. Okay, I'm I'm fulfilling my purpose now. But had I've been successful and died by suicide, I would not be able to help others that are going through the journey that I once went through. So um, reach out for help. Um, if you have any toxic relationships, I don't care if it's your mother, your brother, your father, your sister, your teacher, cut them off. Hello. Sometimes That's the, I love it. Cut, cut delete, block. They are toxic for you if their energy is it's just horrible and it just puts you down. You deserve better. You are worth it. At the end of the day, you are worth living happy. You are worth, you know, um, having positive people around you, cheering you on. Look for those people. Stay around those people. Toxic, throw them out. Put them in the trash. I love it. I love it. Toxic throughout. TT, you know, it's like there's no time to, because... But you know, unfortunately or sadly, let me, let's, let's, let's be honest. This is one of the things I talk about. I said, you know, as an adult, I can make drastic changes in my life. Yes. Most kids cannot. And that's where the adults in their lives come in Absolutely. to be the one for that child, to be the one who will be there for that child. So getting to the adults is critical. Like y'all yep. need to just know that. Like, Miss Melissa is not joking when she says, like, for real, you need to be the one for the, for the kids around you. So maybe, just maybe, we can, we can create a youth suicide free world. And my target is 2025. I don't know. We'll see. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as we, as parents, as adults, unfortunately, our choices trickle down to our children. Mm -hmm. And that's the sad part about it. Sometimes they don't have a choice. You know, the children don't have a choice in the matter and they're facing consequences based off of the parents' decision. Also, believe your child, right? Like, I don't know any child that's going to make up stuff like my brother is molesting me or my priest is raping me. I don't know any. This is just not what kids are about. This just, they don't go around telling you stuff like that. If they do, it is true until further notice. Absolutely. Thank you for. I'm glad that you mentioned believe your child because I, my parents, um, that is super important. Even if they say, I, I don't know how many times I've had parents, they're like, oh, they just saying they're gonna commit suicide. Uh -huh. Attention, and then I go back and I'm like, okay, so what attention are you not giving? Exactly. Exactly. It's funny you said that. Did you see my T-shirt that I wrote that my quote was, a suicide attempt is never a cry for attention. It's always a cry for help. Did you see that? No, I have oh, not. Oh, my wife is making them. She's making them for the, for the month of, of, of September. So we're selling them for $29. For anyone who's listening who might want, it's LMB Wears. And um, I'll just send you the link. I'll send you the link. I'll on, put, on. put it on the, the group that we are part of. Okay, yes, I'll do that. Actually, I did. It's on there. And she got like 12 orders already. She got like 12 orders. So it's, so that's the, the, the quote is a suicide attempt is never a cry for attention. Absolutely. It is always a cry for help. But I love the way you spun it. So what attention are you not giving your child? I, I'm going to steal that. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. It had so many nice quotes. And I tell them, it's like, you know, what's the worst that can happen if you give them the attention? What's the worst that can happen if you don't? Are you willing to gamble with your child's life? Wow. That's so powerful. Take that step back. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. 
Wow, it's been real, girl. Thank you so much. I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface today with the technical difficulties, first of all, but also I just feel like there's there's so much more to unpack because we haven't we don't know who you were between 18 to today. So I'm gonna need you to come back. Will you please come back and finish maybe like a part two? Back. I will definitely come back. Anytime you want me, I am here. Um, I'm off of the course. Absolutely. Anything that I can do, even if it's to just help one person. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and if you're going to write that book, you need to highlight your girl. Let's make this happen. Hey, listen. Yes. Because listen. <laughs> three books, three books later, girl. I ain't even playing. Three <laughs> books. Wow. This is a brand new baby right here. Oh, I like mm -hmm. that one. <laughs> so, honey. When, when I say I, I quit my job to figure out why kids want to kill themselves, that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. Wow. So Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for hanging out with me and Melissa today. It has been real. And, you know, it's funny. We got through all the emotions. We laughed. We cried. You know, we got mad. Hey, you, know? you made me cry. I wasn't yeah. expecting it. <laughs> I mean, uh, and the thing about it is you can't heal what you can't speak out so speak out get that energy out give it to the universe and then do something about it it's not enough to just say something but also believe that you're going to change your circumstances and you just might and i heard recently from a friend of mine that if you're in a domestic abuse situation and you don't know what to do to get out pick up the phone dial 911 and order pizza Pick up the phone, dial 911, and order pizza. You're going to do three things. You're going to tell them it is urgent. You're going to tell them your phone number. You're going to tell them your address. Yes. And they will come, quote, unquote. Yes. So do and that for me. If you're listening mm -hmm. to me, I thought that was my best thing that I learned this year. All right, folks. It's been Thanks. real. This is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Momatrician. Melissa. Say goodbye to the folks because I know your story is going to just be awesome. Hey, well, thank you guys for um, tuning in to Dr. Lulu's podcast. She has amazing things coming. So, <laughs> you know, I can't wait to see it all unfold. But thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe. To yes. I love this. Yes. Okay. Awesome she... review. Give us feedback. This is yes. Um, yes. You know, so definitely. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. So leave a review, subscribe, and especially Melissa's is going to be dropping in the next few weeks. Please, please, please listen and share. And Melissa, I have a request for you. I'm going to do that offline. And if you're listening to me right now, actually, let me just go ahead and say it. I'm planning a Youth Suicide Prevention Summit for September 26th. So keep your ears peeled to this podcast because I'll be putting, I'll be dropping the information on where to find it. I'll be getting that ready today. And Melissa might be one of our speakers. That's what I was going to ask. So okay. Melissa, I'm looking for people who have sure. truly been touched that want to share because you may very well just come and share a story. That's what I want to hear. So people can know that this is real. It's not just Dr. Lulu, just only Dr. Lulu talking about it. This is real. This actually happens every single day. Absolutely. All right, Melissa. So I'm going to contact you. Find me on Facebook. Send me a, a request today so I can so I can make that happen. Definitely will. Thank you. Thank you again. All right, folks. This is Dr. Lulu, aka the Momatrician, the brand new, freshly minted TEDx speaker. Signing out. Bye.
Hey, are you stuck in indecision? Is there something you've been wanting to do, but are having a hard time deciding how to go about it? Maybe you wanted to write a book, you're having issues with your relationship, your kids, money. Maybe you want to quit your job, but you don't know how to go about it. Hmm. You might need a life coach. Believe it or not, I just launched my life coaching business this year, and I'm open to accept clients, and we're having free consults. So go to calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu. That's calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu, and grab yourself a free 45-minute session, and I'll see you on the inside. Thank you.